Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic podcast number 777. Hey! January 25th, 2022. 58 degrees was the record high on this day, 1944. And it was 31 below in 1904. And right now it's about zero here. And now, I don't know what the from the mayor's office, <laughs> above the boathouse on the east shore of Spring a whole Lake. hell of a lot warmer. That's Garage Logic with Rookie on production, Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. You know what? What? Your mayor. Joe Sushi. New anti-winter Kenny is now my favorite Kenny. It's <laughs> an amazing transformation. It really is. Really is. Well, there were people out snowmobiling yesterday. It was 10 below here. Yeah. You know, there was a great line in the movie Diner. I think Kevin Bacon might have been the one who said it. You ever get the feeling there's something going on out there we don't know anything about? <laughs> and I, I have that feeling today. I did not know that that's where that line originated. It was from the mm-hmm. movie Diner. Either. Uh, a motorist uh, attempting to be a good Samaritan uh, stopped to help when a truck carrying 100 lab monkeys <laughs> crashed in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, she put her hand in one of the cages and the, and the monkey hissed in her face. Uh-huh. And now she's coughing and has pink eye. Yeah. Oh, no. Because these uh, yep. monkeys apparently were... Uh, Coming from a lab, and her name is Michelle Fallon from Danville near Scranton, Pennsylvania. And uh, apparently, all the, the monkeys who escaped have been been rounded up. They're so, sin, sinamalgulus macaws. Is that how you pronounce that monkey's name? A macaw? Devil monkeys is what they are. They're also known as crab eating or long tailed macaws. One of them was found in a tree. I bring this up because. I read last week that one of the symptoms of Omicron was, was the pink eye. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had that last week. That. Really? Yeah. So did the CP. Both had pink eye. If that's the worst that Omicron was going to do to me, that was nothing because it's gone. But I have been not engaged with any monkeys. Okay, so I was going to ask. You weren't around so, any monkeys? No. What's worse then, a monkey with pink eye or a ferret that laughs at you? <laughs> Isn't yeah. that a strange story? That's uh, that's an odd one. Do you have that one, I, uh, John? I, I have that in my news. Yes. Let, okay. Well, we'll, we'll let's wait. Then. Let's wait. But don't also, tell me the Cohen brothers aren't somehow involved in this story. <laughs> but I am going to tear it out. Uh, also, at the risk of because Kenny is sitting here, it's not macaw monkey, Joe. Yeah. It's macaque. Macaque? That's, that's what, a <laughs> what about it, John? <laughs> Haven't seen it in years. At the risk of bringing it up, like I said, because Kenny's Nothing here. but that. John, I like it came in. <laughs> I liked my pronunciation better. It's, it's, uh, if you go oh, look I don't. it up, it's, it's M-U-H and then K-A-K with the emphasis on the K-A-K. I see. Huh. So. Well, there, there was crates of these, and they were... Of what? Of the monkeys. What and kind? Macaws. <laughs> And they there were they were strewn across State Route 54 in Danville, 130 miles after from Philadelphia, and uh, these these monkeys apparently uh, have all been infected with some sort of illness as a hmm. test or something, and and the the lady who stopped to help is now taking uh, medicine and uh, hmm. worried about rabies and the whole deal. So Evil the. Uh, 
the poor female Good Samaritan got infected after encountering macaque. That's right. And her, yeah. name, her name is... She wouldn't be the first one, Chris. <laughs> you know, like you, said, you I'm, people I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry I brought John, it up. John, you really... Uh, don't, well, you don't have to be accuracy. You know, I mean, John, when you're going to be FYI, use Reavers, your editing button. Reavers, you should come with a warning card. Right. <laughs> not even allowed in Mankato anymore. Don't touch my monkey. <laughs> the woman also had an open cut. Oh, and, no. And uh, she, oh, she, she did, this, did this she? Serious, this is a serious story, uh, and I'm going to put it away now because you idiots always vandalize them. And that uh, that line from Kenny, though. Uh, made me think of a Warren Zevon song. There's a Warren Zevon song called Leave My Monkey Alone. Yeah. So yep. Now is the time on Sprockets when we dance. <laughs> he had a monkey, right? He did. I, I had a uh, pink eye. Would you like to touch it? I had a pink eye, and uh, oh, you did. we're all set now. It's good. Uh, people... is, that a, is that a euphemism, Such? Uh, no. No. You know, it's Bad come to weird. this now in Minneapolis. We're shooting at snowplows. Why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Are they racist? Well, the incident happened just before 9 p.m. Sunday when the plow was pulled off to the side of the road in the 4300 block of Fremont Avenue North. A passing vehicle struck the plow, and the vehicle's occupant stepped out and began yelling at the plow driver. The plow driver then called the police. Police said gunshots were fired from the vehicle as it left the area. The snowplow sustained, I hope it wasn't Betty Whiteout, the snowplow sustained damage from the gunfire, but the driver was not injured. We're shooting at the plows. The plows are our friends. So, a, Don't shoot snowplows. The driver passed a snowplow, which everyone knows on a city street, you, you probably shouldn't well, do. He was parked, I think. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you said he, I'm sorry, I missed that part. The, 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 uh, the plow uh, was pulled to the side of the road. On Fremont Avenue North, and then these morons come along and hit it. So it's their, it's the snowplow's it's fault. It's the snowplow's fault. Okay. So they get out and start complaining and then shoot the plow. Uh, the plow sustained damage. The plow has the Bonnie and Clyde holes in the door probably. Wow. Did you say 42nd and... Uh, 4300 block of Fremont Avenue North. Jeez, John, both of us lived right there within a block of that. that. I lived yeah. about three blocks away, yep. I'm uh, unaware of the area. I know it's in North it's Indiana. It's basically uh, Dowling. Yeah, Dowling. Yeah, Dowling is the, uh, would be the closest big cross street. We missed a couple of stories, boys. And uh, one of the ones we missed is the FBI raided a Twin Cities businesses suspected of massive fraud. How about this story? In child food programs. More than 200 agents of the FBI and other state and federal agencies raided over a dozen locations last Thursday, including the St. Anthony offices of Feeding Our Future and the Rosemount home of its director, Amy Bach. Are you ready for these figures? They're incredible. The FBI alleges in search warrant affidavits that Feeding Our Future, the state's largest independent sponsor of federal food programs, submitted false reimbursement records and it conspired with business owners who stole and laundered the funds as part of a massive fraud involving shell companies, kickbacks, and dozens of bank accounts. The companies and their owners received tens of millions of dollars wow. in federal funds Jeez. for use in providing nutritious meals to underprivileged children and adults, an FBI agent wrote. Almost none of this money was used to feed children. 
Instead, the participants in the scheme misappropriated the money and used it to purchase real estate, cars, and other luxury art items. No criminal charges have been filed, and the FBI said it did not arrest anyone Thursday. I would hope that that's going to change. Did anyone find a noticeable name absent so far in this story? A noticeable name absent? No. Well, no. Where's well, Keith Ellison? Oh. Well, wait till you hear the names of the people. That might explain it. Uh, Amy Box, Feeding Our Future, has been a major beneficiary of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's pandemic waivers. Formed in 2017, the nonprofit took in $3.5 million in food reimbursements in 2019, $42.7 million in 2020, and $197.9 million Whoa. in 2021. Oh, man. The sponsor charged a 10% administrative fee on those reimbursements through its contracts with site operators, many of which were run by members of the East Africa diaspora. Uh, let me see who this is here. Uh, FBI found evidence that Bach, this woman in Rosemount, received a $310,000 kickback from one of the businesses that her boyfriend, Empress Malcolm Watson Jr., created his own shell company to hide some 600000 in federal money. Uh, this is from the Pioneer Press. I don't recall reading about it in the Star Tribune. If I missed it, I missed it. Uh, Education Department spokeswoman Ashley Norris said the office reported feeding our futures activities to the USDA's regional office and inspector general when the nonprofit was unable to explain and document its rapid growth in the summer of 2020. Uh, who, who, who are the players here? I have to read you the names of the players, uh, if I can pronounce them. Uh, the businesses named in the warrants include Safari Restaurant and Event Center in Minneapolis, which claimed it was serving 5,000 meals a day, seven days a week in July 2020. The FBI said Safari and related companies received more than $10 million in reimbursed funds, and almost none was spent on food for kids. One of the owners, Salim Syed, allegedly spent misappropriated funds on a $950,000 house in Plymouth with an indoor basketball court, while another owner, Abdul Qadir Nur Salah, gave Amy Bach a 310 grand kickback. The FBI alleged Syed and Ahmed Omar Hashim spent $2.8 million on a Minneapolis office building. Others reported uh, connected to the Safari Group are, <coughs> excuse me, perfect health. Abda Hakim Ali Ahmed, Abdi Rahman Ahmed, Sagal Aden, Hadith Yusef Ahmed, Ahmed Artan, Ahmed Getty, Abdinasir Abshur, and Abdikadi Moamud. Feeding our future employees, Abdikurm Abdelhai Idol and Hadith Yusuf Ahmed are suspected of setting up the shell companies to hide the money. Uh, I don't see any men. Well, here. Uh, others named in the warrants include Think Tech Act, a.k.a. Mind Foundry Foundation, operated by Mahad Ibrahim, which reportedly received $16 million last year after claiming to have fed 160,000 kids at a day at 10 locations, and they were, these kids were not eating. The FBI said little, if any, of that money actually was spent on meals for children. Instead, the FBI said most of the money was laundered through multiple businesses and their owners, Abdi Wahab Afton, Mohammed Jama Ismail, 
Abdi Jamad Mohammed Nur and brothers Abdi Aziz and Syed Farah of Bushra Wholesalers and Empire Cuisine and Market, who later bought cars and real estate in Minnesota and Kenya. Uh, where's Keith Ellison? Isn't this uh, something You'd think that, that that's part of his job, he, Joe. You would think this is something he might be interested in? Uh, I apologize. When did this story first appear? I did see something online. I'm trying to verify if the Star Tribune did publish it. Friday's, I, I got it. Friday's okay. Pioneer Press. Okay. They had a long story Thursday about it, the Star Tribune, okay, yeah. and then they had a follow-up on Friday, a long story about how other nonprofits are steamed that uh, all this was allowed to happen. So they were two days in a row they covered it. What did I tell you guys when when pandemic money started flowing from the government? Right. I said we could have, we could have created an application for the town of Garage Logic, and we would have gotten a and check. we would have gotten a check for whatever we would have applied for mm-hmm. because no but, one's minding the store. No one's minding well, the store. Obviously, somebody's minding the store because they caught them. Yeah. The, the problem with these morons is they didn't spend any of this money on what they said they were. Right. They could have spent half of it to feed the kids, and probably they'd still be getting away with it. You know what? Do you guys recall this same thing happened, I want to say, sorry, Joe, you hate that phrase, two years ago, three years ago, involving daycare fraud. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that in no. Minneapolis? No. Well, there's plenty of fraud. But that's what I'm saying. And one of the names that you read, Joe, it triggered a memory of mine thinking that that person was also involved in the daycare fraud. A major player appears to have been SNS Catering, led by Kwamar Ahmed Hassan. The FBI says SNS Catering received $13.8 million in federal funds, either directly from sponsors feeding our future and partners in nutrition or from other businesses, but it spent little on food for kids. Its partners included St. Paul's Youth Inventors Lab, led by Beckham Murdasa, who received $3.6 million in reimbursements last year, Academy for Youth Excellence, run by Sarah Mohammed Noor, who received $4.1 million, Guhad Syed's Advanced Youth Athletic Development, a.k.a. Central Avenue Lofts, which got $3.2 million, and Filson Mumin Hassan's Youth Higher Educational uh, achievement, which got $1.4 million. They're all frauds. All these people are frauds. And none of them will see time in jail. I, I don't know that. But where's Keith? Where's Keith? we got to make him. Maybe he'll get to some stuff after he is done ruining Kim Potter's Well, life. he's still got that he's to worry about. Going after chicken farmers yeah. and egg producers. What a... <laughs> so you said 190. Mm-hmm. 43, mm-hmm. and then another $4 million mm-hmm. in the span of three years. He's got uh, bar owners that are scoff laws during a COVID pandemic, Joey. He's got to get these people in jail That's right. where, they, where they belong. Keith, you're a real strong representative of our legal process, aren't you? You phony. $237 million in the span You'd of think three you, years. I think the attorney general of the state would come out and pound his fist on the desk and say, we must do something about this. Harumph. Harumph. Wow. The, uh, well, I do have some info from one of those Star Tribune stories about that. Yeah. Uh, the Attorney General's Office, which regulates state charities, has been trying to get required tax forms and reports from Feeding Our Future since 2019. By October, the Attorney General's Office withdrew Feeding Our Future as a registered charity in the state of Minnesota. 
Uh, by May, the FBI had launched, it, launched its investigation, helping with the investigation aside from the FBI, the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, U.S. Marshals, and the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. So mm -hmm. they were on the radar, obviously, of the state. Mm -hmm. But it took the FBI to actually get something done. What's the temperature right now? Uh, I got zero, bro. You think about golf when it's this cold? Sorry, negative two. Negative I two. Have. <laughs> the 31st annual 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show is going to return to the convention center in Minneapolis Friday, Feb 18 through Sunday, Feb 20. Grab your foursome. This will be your first round of the year. You'll see all the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show has to offer, including great deals on the latest drivers, irons, putters, and accessories. I've been trying to buy a game for 40 years. Nothing will change. I'll probably leave there with a driver or two. Great deals on best golf apparel around. Take advantage of special offers from your favorite courses and destination golf resort vacations. Plus, you can take a lesson and you can own your own game in 2022. And as an added bonus, Garage Logic will be there. Mm -hmm. We're going to be there on Friday. The uh, opening day from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. February that's, 18th. It's Feb 18. Tickets are on sale now for just 12 bucks. Compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com. Each ticket purchase includes 10 free greens fee passes. And by the way, John and I did discuss this. The first round of beer after the show is on you. <laughs> well, is it, it is on me? Yes. And three bonus passes if you purchase online. Find all the show details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Presented by Choice Bank. Your select Minnesota Buick GMC dealers, Nelson Marine and Second Swing. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. We also didn't get to this uh, uh, news that the governor, Tim Walls, <laughs> wants to use uh, some of the $7.7 billion budget surplus <laughs> to send checks to 2.7 million Minnesota households. I, I don't know how he's determining. I suppose the more you pay in taxes, the less it's likely you are your income. Would, would be to get a check. Yep. And so those checks would be about $175 or $350. Uh, okay, that doesn't cover one trip to the grocery store with a stop at the gas station. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so, uh, And did you see how much it's going to cost us to send these checks out? No, please help me. Oh, it's in the story, and it's uh, outrageous, the amount of money we're just spending just to get these things in the mail. We're hilarious, aren't we? <laughs> well, 
we're we're learning that uh, in the Minneapolis uh, Guaranteed Income Program, it's going to take six hundred grand to administer it. Sure. <laughs> Same in St. Paul, because mm-hmm. that means you're hiring five more people mm-hmm. who will do nothing. Nope. And there's no checks and balances on this. But Joe, when the walls checks finally clear, all will be better. Um, here's a question from a dumb guy, dumb uh, taxpayer. When I go to send in my taxes this year for last year and I find myself owing them money, instead of them sending me this money, can't they just, you know... Knock it off your bill? (laughs) Yeah, is that wrong? No, I thought of that right away. You're on to something. (laughs) I I would rather Walls not give anybody any money but reduce the tax burden on all Minnesotans. That would be much better. Give us a break this year. Keep the damn money, but don't tax the hell out of me anymore. But here, why, why do you think that isn't the case, Joe? Because he's buying votes. Thank you. Republican legislators quickly derided Walls's idea of the one-time checks, which would give payments of 175 bucks to single tax filers earning up to 164,000, and 350 to married couples who file jointly and make 273,470 dollars or less. Walls checks are nothing more than an election year gimmick, and it will barely cover the inflationary costs of everyday necessities. I just said that. That that seriously wouldn't cover a good trip to the grocery store and stop to fill up your tank. She spent two fifty last week. Two fifty. And that's just you and her. Two bleeping fifty. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should quit eating so much, Kenny. <laughs> that's that's actually what I said. How I much said, of it was Velveeta? Couldn't you just get some peanut butter and jelly? <laughs> Jesus H. <laughs> two fifty. Where does it tell me what this will cost to uh, administer? Uh. I don't know. I, I I had the story ripped last week, and I don't have it anymore. Uh, Took out my recycling. Well, it'll be too much. Yeah, it's in the hundreds. Frontline workers, daycare people, uh, all of them obviously needing the money, but uh, these progressives spend way too much, take way too much from all Minnesotans. So keep the damn money, Walls, and lower our taxes. This is ridiculous. Because that money's not going to help anybody. It sounds good. Oh, boy, we're getting a check for 350 That's going to be gone in one day. I, I know we don't play whataboutism on this show, but I'm about to for a, just a brief moment. You guys recall when the first round of stimulus checks were issued to uh, Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. President Trump at the time said, wait, I want to have my name on them. Yep. Remember that? And sure. everybody was outraged. And I, honestly, rightfully so. Let's just get the checks rolling here, Don. Right. There's not a peep about this from the same people, including Governor Walls, by the way, who was outspoken against the former president. Does he want his name on the checks? Walls? They're being called Walls checks. Yeah, but I think that might be just being called that by the Republicans. I don't literally well, know the story that I read well, saying his name he, is going to be on them. He actually, he used that expression. I, I believe really? in the original speech. That's he what said, I thought. Why that's pompous foof. And he and he was one of the people that was extremely outspoken when President Trump wanted to do the exact same thing. Right. He he. Uh, and the reason for that, you remember when Jesse sent us six hundred dollars? Yes. Those were Je- Jesse's checks. That's what Walls compared. Well, here it, to. it says Walls's it right here. Checks. Walls's proposal focused on expanding economic opportunities and included what he called Walls checks. Yeah. A nod to former Governor Jesse Ventura's Jesse checks in 2000, the one-time sales tax rebate came out to about 600 bucks a person. I don't recall getting that. Well, you oh, probably yeah. made too much. We, we did. <laughs> I recall it. 
Honestly, I because that was what John about ninety eight, ninety nine, somewhere in there. Two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand. That's okay. what Joe just said. Anyway. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm a little rusty. <laughs> How you doing? Wall's checks are nothing more than an election year gimmick, and it will barely cover the inflationary costs of everyday necessities. We'll propose permanent, ongoing, targeted tax relief for working Minnesotans so they see savings every single year, Senate Majority Leader Jeremy Miller, R. Winona, said in a statement. Wall's proposal would also expand some tax cuts for families with children in child care and school, allowing more people to qualify for the dependent care credit in Minnesota's K-12 education credit. Do you, do you trust anything anymore after you hear that nope. story about how the uh, the uh, Somalis ripped off the government for all the food money? Hey, do, uh, you, do you believe anything anymore about Joe, anything? I, I got news for you. I haven't believed a lot from what's come out of the political class in quite some time. It's, it's getting harder and harder to... Uh, Find some ring to hold on to. Both sides, they're all frauds. This is ridiculous. Uh, keep the damn money, save it for a rainy day, and then don't tell us you don't have any money. How's no. that? How's that for a solution? Spend it all on education. Well, let's do that. Yeah, because that really helps. Even though there's been no <laughs> evidence ever produced in this country that more money spent on education results in academic achievement. Not one single shred of evidence supports that claim. Not one. Kenny, you know what I just did there? It's like I when saw you look that. at it's like what you when you uh, look did at ju- did it get the land in the yeah. lily pads and when, when I it's, gobbled it's it up? It's the exact same thing when Kenny looks at height and goes, "Man, Eric Clapton, so overrated." Yeah. Suits, you actually jumped up in the water and grabbed that one before it even landed. Yes, I did. All three of us started laughing before you had five words out. Right. <laughs> Don't tell me those things. He'll read everything you put up on that teleprompter. <laughs> oh, God help us. <laughs> Honest to God. Positive Tuesday. Honest to God. Positive Tuesday. Honest to God. Honest to God. Let's, uh, let's do a little John Height because he's got some interesting news today. Okay. Well... <laughs> It's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mr. Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugar-coated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work proactively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, josharnoldinvestmentconsultant.com. It's time for your New Year's resolution. We all spend a lot of money during the holidays, and I can help you save some money, too. Do what I did. Call the Canopy Group. They shopped over 16 insurance companies, increased my coverage greatly, and saved me over $600 annually. I procrastinated and wish I had done this a decade earlier. Now I'm part of the Canopy Group's annual process. I do not have the time, interest, or knowledge to shop 16 different companies for my home and auto insurance. Do me and yourself a favor. 
Don't procrastinate. Make this your New Year's resolution. Call the Canopy Group and get the best insurance coverage and save money. You will be off to a wonderful New Year. Go to thecanopygroup.com. That's thecanopygroup.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. This is uh, Soul Asylum off the album The Horse They Rode In On, <laughs> no, right it's, right it's before they hit height. it big. It's still in height. God, he's so good, John, so good. Uh, big welcome back to Aim High Construction. Hi, guys. Thanks, Hi. Chris. Yeah, Hi. they're back. Uh, GLers, get on that list right now. AimHighConstructionMN.com is where you sign up. That's where you meet the owner, Chris. They can tackle just about any construction job that needs doing roofing, siding, decking, remodels, restorations, uh, even brand-new construction, ground up, Aim High Construction. They can help you the whole way, design, consultation, of course. Uh, so that means if you're thinking about a new kitchen, pulling that old crap out of there, or new bath, or finally finishing off that basement, they are the ticket, a full-service co- construction company obsessed with quality craftsmanship and honest service here in uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Their work, their products, it's all guaranteed. So if you find yourself needing construction, Aim High is the crew. They're a great option, and you should get on the list now. They're very busy. They've been uh, with GL for what a couple of years now, and that means they are book solid. Uh, so if you're thinking for next spring, next summer, it's not too early to call up Chris. Get on the list. Again, it's aimhighconstructionmn.com. Reavers, give me your phone. Just give it to me. I'm texting uh, Patrick. While you're doing that, um, <laughs> I've I got to cut off the hate mail before it arrives. I can't find anything to back up my claims of how much it's costing the state of Minnesota just to issue these checks. I swear I read it last week, and now I can't find that figure anyway, so I, uh, I've given you a full retraction on that. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Health officials in Minnesota say new numbers show that being vaccinated against COVID-19 is an effective treatment that can stop serious illness or even death. New state breakthrough data on Monday show that fully vaccinated Minnesotans made up 55 percent of a little over 20,000 infections reported in the week ending December 25th, but about 26 percent of deaths. The share of deaths involving vaccinated Minnesotans was as high as 50 percent back in mid-October before booster doses were broadly available. Officials say that shows a payoff to booster shot campaigns in the state. Minnesota ranks second among states with nearly 53 percent of fully vaccinated residents getting recommended extra doses. Overall, nearly 3.8 Minnesotans have been fully vaccinated with the initial series or about 67 percent of the state's population. Follow-up to a story from last month, police have closed the investigation into the carbon monoxide deaths of seven Moorhead residents after blood results indicated the source of poisoning was the home's furnace. Mm-hmm. Authorities quickly ruled out trauma as a cause of death when the seven relatives were found dead in their rented duplex on December 18th, and preliminary blood tests found high levels of carbon monoxide in the victim's body. The two possible sources were a van in the garage and the unit's furnace. Further blood tests did not show the presence of blood cyanide, which would have indicated a vehicle was the source. The Hernandez Pinto family had come to Moorhead from Honduras less than a decade ago. A cracked heat exchanger could do that in your furnace. Make sure you have CO detectors mm-hmm. on all floors. 
uh, because you won't know it if you, especially if your furnace is in the the basement, um, and you won't smell it. So CO detectors are your only lifeline here. I'd like to leave the window open, but it's a little chilly. Yeah. 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 Home sales in the Twin Cities last year reached a 20-year high despite a 20-year low in listings. Put together, the two extremes led to a double-digit increase in home prices. Throughout 2021, buyers closed on 66,319 properties. That's a 2.7% increase over 2020, according to the year-end sales report from the Minneapolis Area Realtors and the St. Paul Association of Realtors. That marked the fourth year of annual sales gain for the housing market in the Twin Cities, defying pressure on the region's broader economy from the pandemic. At the same time, 75,536 properties were listed, slightly fewer than in 2020. So comparing supply and demand figures, buyers were left with 26% fewer options than they had the year before. And for sellers, pent-up demand helped fuel record price gains. During the year, the median sales price of all single-family houses, condos and townhouses across the metro, went up by 11.4%, median price $339,900, with buyers outpacing sellers in many parts of the metro. Bidding wars helped those sellers get a lot more than their original asking price. God, if I could only talk her into it. One of us took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, you will get a more in-depth report about that very subject, John, later on today with Mr. Money Talk. Wonderful. Good, good. In Great Britain, the Mir reporting hundreds of military trains packed with Russian troops are being deployed to Ukraine's neighbor, Belarus. It emerged last night as PM uh, Boris Johnson warned of a bloody new Chechnya if Moscow invades. Oh, the Mir, okay. The Mir has learned that as many as 30 trainloads of Moscow's troops have entered that area in the past week with a staggering 200 scheduled the next few days. The troop buildup by far exceeds its claim of a military exercise. Meanwhile, the U.S. military has ordered up to 8,500 U.S. troops on standby to potentially deploy to Eastern Europe. Amid all of this, the prepare-to-deploy orders were issued to troops stationed at several U.S.-based installations. Most of the troops identified would join a NATO response force to be activated by the alliance. Others could be deployed for other contingency operations. Won't China put the hammer down on Putin and say, don't you dare screw up our Olympics by starting a war? Will they, though? Well, they would have have the means to do that, yes. They're BFFs, Joe. They're not going to go at each other. That's why he's going to say, hey, don't screw up the Olympics. Plus, didn't Let's Go Brandon pretty much say, yeah, he's going to go in there, don't worry about it. It'll be a limited entry. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Tucker Carlson taking some static because he appears to be siding with Russia in this whole thing. Uh, Fox News' Carlson last night again asked on his show why the U.S. would back Ukraine and not Russia in this whole thing. Critics have said Carlson's coverage echoes pro-Russian propaganda. The host has been adamantly against taking any action that could increase the likelihood of the U.S. military getting involved. What was his reasoning for siding with Russia and not Ukraine, Johnny? He's an anti-NATO he, guy. He, he does. Yeah, he's anti-NATO, and he doesn't want any involvement whatsoever. Got Basically, it. he's just saying, let him take it. Well, can we'll you just, be anti? We'll just ignore it. Can you be anti-NATO and be anti-Russian? Uh, uh, I think that's where I find myself. I probably. I don't know why not. But one reason I, you do it is because they're, a, in theory, a free democracy. Yeah, and Russia is not, well, of course. Right. Right. Well, don't let facts get in Tucker's no, way. Come that's on. That's true. Uh, President oh, Biden reached 
President Biden reaching out to Peter Ducey on Monday night and clearing the air after he called him a stupid son of a bitch. Ducey told Fox News' Sean Hannity the president called him on his cell phone and told the reporter it's nothing personal after the hot mic blunder in the White House East Room. Asked if Biden issued an apology, Ducey said he doesn't need one and the president simply cleared the air. He said, I appreciate it. We had a nice call. He said, I don't need him to apologize to me. He can call me whatever he wants as long as it gets him talking. The president was caught delivering the insult when Ducey asked him about soaring inflation as the press was being let out of a related event. Ducey said, do you think inflation is a political liability? The president sarcastically replied, no, it's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Are, is Ducey and uh, Royce, they're, they're buddies, right? Because it reminded me of the Jerry Burns tirade. Yeah. <laughs> what time is Tucker Carlson on every night? Uh, seven? Seven? Let's seven, say it's seven. No, I, I got a, I have a friend whose father religiously plants himself down to watch Tucker Carlson. So my buddy and his brothers will arrange about once a week to call him <laughs> right right when Tucker's starting yeah. and and say, hey, how's it going? Everything all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah everything's fine. Well, well, I mean, are you going to get there? Am I going to see you this week? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, and they know that the he's, he's terrified because he's missing the show. Well, has the dad learned about this wacky new invention called DVR? Uh, he would not be any more capable of that than me. Okay. He also happens to be a good friend of mine, the dad. Okay. Yeah. 7 p.m. Central. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, boy, you, you don't want to interrupt him watching that, so, so they do it on purpose. 7.02, the phone's yeah. ringing. Yeah. Am I the only person on the planet that doesn't watch any news programs like that? None at all. I don't I watch don't, any not one. I don't, I don't watch any. Yeah. I don't watch any. I watch the I, nightly news. I don't even watch that. Yeah. It's just too irritating. Yeah. I, will, I will see clips from the Fox and CNN shows on Twitter. Aside from that, I don't see the shows. Kenny, not only do I not watch any of that, which is clear by my comments on this show, um, <laughs> but I also refuse to watch any late night television anymore. I think well, the last. Okay. Oh, I've stopped that years ago. Okay, the, good. I'm glad you brought. The, oh, do you mean like the Kimmels and? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't watch. I any used of that to either. watch Fallon a little bit when he yeah. first started because he was kind of he had some good funny bits. But everything has just become political nonsense. No, Kimmel's always looking for an excuse to cry like a baby on national TV. Yep. And then completely ignore the fact that he did something called The Man Show, which featured women jumping on trampolines. Uh, but that's not... What, what did I want to... Oh, Late night now, television. Chris? If you want to have some serious entertainment, oh, I know you go to Carson... With either Jonathan Winters or Don Rickles, yeah. or and you realize what what a wasteland late night television has become right. since Carson died or retired. Those those bits with uh, Rickles and Jonathan Winters were gut wrenchingly funny, and they had nothing to do with politics. Right. Nothing. I gave. I tried to watch the opening scene, uh, the opening thing on uh, SNL with the. Is it Kate McKinnon? Yes. She was imitating Laura Ingram, and to me it wasn't funny because I have no idea what Laura Ingram's sure. mannerisms are like. Right. The only thing I thought is, God, this went on a long, long time. It was a long <laughs> bit, and I didn't laugh once. Um, the last week, though, the the, the last two-week run of Letterman's show, I thought was pretty good because one week he had the Foo Fighters on every single night with a different artist. So, in other words, he had the Zach Brown band on with the Foo Fighters. That was pretty cool. But Letterman was another guy that could make fun of both sides. Right. But he's... 
Wait a minute. Did um, hold on. Hey Joe, hold on. What? Did you just take your shoe off? I, my foot was itching something fierce. I had to get itch it. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna timestamp that. Well okay. then, okay. Okay. Gonna make sure you go to the YouTube page later on today. Did you get the? Uh, do you have that screeching halt uh, sound effect? Uh, <laughs> I didn't interrupt anybody. I didn't say anything. That's, I just took true. my shoe off. That's true. Uh, more news now. A 27-year-old Duluth man Here we alleged, go. allegedly fatally shot his roommate's four ferrets with a BB gun because the pet smelled, and he said one of them was laughing at him. <laughs> wow. You can't tell me the Coen brothers aren't involved in this. Wow. Nice marmot. Yeah, this <laughs> is straight out of the Big Lebowski. They must it? have the Big Lebowski in a loop yeah. in this apartment. Wow. Levi J. Arneberg was charged with one count of gross misdemeanor animal cruelty for each of the ferrets he's accused of killing last Tuesday in their apartment in the Andean neighborhood of Duluth. Arneberg was jailed in the afternoon of the incident, remains held in lieu of $20,000 bail. According to the complaint, Maurice Guski called 911 early in the afternoon of January 18th, reported he came home to find that some of his possessions had been thrown outside by Arneberg. The two had argued the night before about Guski's belongings accumulating in the shared apartment space. Guski said Arneberg held a kitchen knife and said it would be bad if one of the ferrets got hurt. Get out. <laughs> Honest to God, there's something going on out there we don't know anything about. Officers detected drops of blood in the entry before finding more blood in a room where Guski kept his ferrets. He soon located the dead ferrets in the alley. Arneberg told the officers, dude, I killed his ferrets. Give me a break. The 25th charges. <laughs> he said he shot them with a BB gun because they smelled and added, quote, I swear the thing was laughing and breathing, laughing and breathing, and I just kept shooting it in the head. <laughs> There's more, John. Keep going, buddy. It gets 50, better. 57-year-old <laughs> Gooski told the Star Tribune the ferrets, a female named Callie, and males Calyx, Bear, and Draco were emotional support animals. They helped with my anxiety after I had a stroke almost three years okay. ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. Callie, the only female. Yeah. She had to just be exhausted, right. huh? Right. Poor thing. <laughs> when this guy wow. said, dude, I shot the Ferris, uh, give me a break. He should have said, said, treat me like a carjacker and just let me go. Yeah. <laughs> and they probably would have. Yeah. He said he moved in August to Duluth from Lafayette, Louisiana, where he ran a ferret rescue operation for about eight years. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. A ferret rescue operation. Gooski, who said he works in security, said ferrets cost about three to 400 bucks each, but he says despite the expense, he will get more. Ferrets. So I think it was ferrets. Jason Matheson tells the story that when he just moved out of his mom's house, his parents' house in Indiana, he was going to college somewhere by Chicago. He had a pet ferret, and he lived in, a, I think, in a dorm or an apartment, and uh, he was up there a few floors, yeah. and uh, oh no, he, he had the window open oh, one day. No. <laughs> the ferret just jumped to its death. Yeah. Just jumped out the window. I can't take college anymore. <laughs> it's like Aren't the, they mean like the, like the coyote. He hung there for a second, <laughs> right. and then boosh, down he goes. <laughs> but they're, they're uh, mean-spirited creatures, aren't they? I think you're thinking of badgers. Oh, okay. Uh, I actually, I recall, I recall at least two parties in my younger days where there was 20 of us, and all of a sudden a guy brought out his pet ferret. A ferret? And let it run around. And they we kind of look, don't they kind of look like a, uh, like a big version of a mink, right? 
Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're long and yeah. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, the ones... is the honey badger. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Look, it runs all over the place. Whoa, all watch out, says that bird. Ew, it's got a snake. Oh, it's chasing a jackal. Oh my gosh. The honey badger has been referred to by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most fearless animal in all of the animal kingdom. It really doesn't give a if it's hungry, it's hungry. Ew, what's that in its mouth? Oh, it's got a cobra. Oh, it runs backwards. Now watch this. Look, a snake's up in the tree. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit. It just takes what it wants. Here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. It goes right into the house of bees to get some larvae. How disgusting is that? It eats larvae. Ew, that's so nasty. Oh, what a crazy Look, ew, it's eating larva. That's disgusting. There it is, running in slow motion again. At nighttime, the honey badger goes hunting because it's hungry. Look, here comes a fierce battle between a king cobra and a honey badger. I wonder what'll happen. Look at this. There's the honey badger just eating a mouse. And then look, get away from me, says the snake. Get away from me. <laughs> honey badger don't care. Honey badger smacks the <laughs> and The snake comes back and lashes right at the honey badger. Oh, little does the honey badger know, FYI. Oh, one of the greatest bits in the history oh, of YouTube. Oh, man. Yeah. See, uh, <laughs> some musicians. Larva. How uh, disgusting. <laughs> some musicians in the news, among them Neil Young. Oh, He's boy. demanding that Spotify technology take his music off of their platform due to what he says is vaccine misinformation spread by Joe Rogan on the streaming service. Young wrote an open letter to his manager and a record label criticizing Rogan and Spotify, saying... I am doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread to them. The letter came in response to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, which is currently Spotify's most popular podcast. Young's letter cited an episode of the podcast in which Rogan spoke with Dr. Robert Malone, a virologist who worked on research into several COVID-19 vaccines, but now is critical of the treatments. Earlier this month, a group of 270 scientists and healthcare professionals signed an open letter to Spotify, accusing the podcast of promoting baseless conspiracy theories. What, what I love about all these crybabies is uh, none of them actually listened to the full interview, did nope. they? No, they're just, uh, Rogan had a guy on, so we're going to cancel Rogan. Well, this goes, this is what Joe has been talking about for years with the failed academy. Joe, remember when uh, professors used to bring in opposing viewpoints for yep. their students? Yep. And, uh, what a they'd radical have, idea. They'd have a rousing debate, or right. even <laughs> speaking of debate, debate class, right. where uh, each student would be given a side. I don't care if you believe this side or not, you're going to argue this point. Like Preble and Murphy. Correct. We've completely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We've completely done away with that. Oh. We're opposed. Opposing viewpoints are not allowed, especially on Twitter and podcasts. And, and by the way, Neil, I, I hate to break it to you, but if you're going to do the Spotify, you have to choose between me or Rogan. That will literally be the easiest decision Spotify's ever made in their life. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, uh, now Eric Clapton is in the news, too. Uh, well, I have that okay. also. Uh, sp good. Speaking of musicians and COVID, Eric Clapton now says he was hypnotized into getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. He claimed he'd been duped into getting the COVID-19 jab by subliminal messaging in pharmaceutical advertising, and he's urging, <laughs> he's urging others not to fall for it. Clapton says after he got the AstraZeneca vaccine, he couldn't move his hands and feet for almost two weeks. He was worried he'd never be able to play guitar again. He said, whatever the memo was, it hadn't reached me at that time. He's calling it mass formation hypnosis. That's what the conspiracy theories called, which gained some traction. That's what Malone told Rogan. 
vaccine propaganda, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's originally credited to Belgian psychologist Matthias Desmet. The theory essentially points to a sort of mind control that's taken over society, allowing for unscrupulous leaders to easily manipulate populations into, for example, accepting vaccines or wearing face masks. Clapton said, I started to realize there really was a memo and a guy, Matthias Desmet, talked all about it. The theory of mass formation hypnosis, and I could see it then, once I kind of started to look for it, I saw it everywhere. Clapton recalled seeing little things on YouTube, which he said were like subliminal advertising. Uh, Clapton hit a lot of other things in this interview, joked about losing touch with friends and family over all of this. He said, my family and friends think I'm a crackpot. Inside my family, that's become quite pivotal. Uh, pivotal. He said, I've got teenage girls and an older girl in her 30s. And they've all had to, to kind of give me some leeway because I haven't been able to convince any of them. Clapton also said, I keep trying to reach out to fellow musicians. Sometimes I just don't hear from them. My phone really doesn't ring very often anymore. I don't get that many texts and emails anymore. What do you, what do you think, Such? Uh, er, uh, Eric, you're not a crackpot as far as you know. So you disagree with them? I, I, don't, know, uh, I don't know anything about mass psychosis. You, you don't believe in that as a theory? I believe I, in it as a theory. I'm sure it could exist, sure. I think it's fascinating yeah. and, and worth further discussion and research. I think he might be onto something. I, I think Eric's nuts, but that's just me. And I love Eric, but I think he's nuts. Reavers, what that's are you holding me. back there? Your brow is furrowed. No, I, but it, what was the deal with him with his shows recently too, John? Didn't he? Was it? Did they cancel something a bunch about of masks shows? or no? Uh, no, cards? he said he said he would not play any venue where you had to have a vaccine or proof that's of vaccination. That's what it was. Okay, but but then he played a bunch of them anyway. Okay, so <laughs> he, I he thought he retired. Really no, he's not retired. Oh. He's, he's still playing. In fact, he just put out a new album. Actually, it's pretty good. It's mm -hmm. all acoustic. John, and, uh, where, where did you get this piece? I want to read this. What are you uh, quoting? It's all over the internet. I yeah. don't know. Well, what should I go? There's over. a big Daily well, Mail just, piece in it. Yeah. It was all the English, the British Mass, places. Uh, hypnosis. Okay, I got it. One, Thank you. One other, one other musical note. Bob Dylan has struck yet another deal, this one with Sony Music, to sell the rights to his recorded music catalog. According to Billboard, this would be at about $200 million. The deal includes all of Dylan's recordings, 39 studio albums, 16 bootleg series compilations, and numerous singles and rarities, plus unreleased material that could be released in the future. The 80-year-old songwriter previously sold... Now, this was, what, two months ago, maybe? Mm -hmm. His catalog's publishing rights to Universal. That deal worth about $300 million, So I was going to say, isn't 200 a little light for Dylan's work? That's just the recordings. So the three, that's he's on got top 300, of the 300. Oh, so he's I got suppose. 300 okay. plus 200 million, so 500 million, half okay. a billion dollars. Okay, basically. then I, I also retract my statement. <laughs> Despite depositing uh, the uh, half a billion to his bank account, he remains busy as ever. His last record, 2020's Rough and Rowdy Ways, received praise from fans and critics alike. And earlier this week, in fact, yesterday, he announced a new leg on his never ending tour for spring of 2022. It's hmm. underway in March. An investigation is underway. This is a very strange story. I don't know if you saw this over the weekend. Uh, after a bizarre incident involving two men using a dead body to try and commit pension fraud. <laughs> On Friday, two men in Ireland's County Carlow reportedly entered a post office with the body of an older man who had died earlier in the day. According to witnesses, the men carried the body in a propped up position as if it, to make it seem like the man was not dead. <laughs> Well, it's, it's even better than that. 
uh, I was reading of the guy who did this, and he said, we weren't trying to rob him. Uh, but he died on the way to the bank. He got a bit slumpy. A bit slumpy. <laughs> he got a bit slumpy. <laughs> the, the, he's, he's not feeling very posh right, right. now. Is he okay? They're waving his hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> the pair attempted to claim the dead man's pension check, according to The Guardian. Their effort to get his check began earlier with one of the men entering the post office around 1130 in the morning, tried to claim the payment, but was turned away and told the office could only give the payment with the pensioner himself present. He then returned with the other man and the dead body. Oh, my God. Well, it was one of the guy's uncle, I think. Yes. Yeah. After a post office employee raised concerns about the dead body, the men dropped the whole thing and fled the scene, the situation being handled by Garda, the National Police for the Republic of Ireland. So far, it's been determined the deceased man was 66 and uh, an uncle of one of the younger men. The men have not yet been approached, believed to be in their 30s. Autopsy conducted on the body determined that the man likely died around three hours before the whole post office scheme happened. Didn't, uh, happened. didn't that, wasn't there a story where that happened here? Don't you guys remember? There was a grandma. I wheelchair. know what you're thinking of. In a wheelchair. Wheelchair. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she keeled over in the yeah, chair. she's just sleeping. He went into the bank with her to he try to get to a withdrawal. Bank. But then do you remember the kicker that got me? No, I he don't. He also know. stopped at an Arby's. Oh, yeah, he stopped to get some food. <laughs> Ma didn't mind. No, she's oh, in the well, bag. You know, yeah. mom's got time. Yeah. She's got yeah. time. In the state of Kentucky, the Richmond Police Department responded to a call about a residential robbery that occurred. 32-year-old Eric Schmidt uh, reportedly forced his way into the home at Evansville Avenue. While inside, Richmond Police say he attacked someone inside the home, took control of a handgun. Schmidt says was said to have fired the gun inside the home. Nobody got hurt before he stole some medication and fleed the scene. Had he left it there, he'd have probably been okay. But while investigating, Richmond police said that Schmidt contacted the victims on social media, threatened to come back and use the stolen handgun on them. Schmidt did return to the residence, but police were there. They ended up in a brief standoff. After a two-hour negotiation, he surrendered. He was taken into custody, charged with eight different charges in the case. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, but this mass formation hypnosis theory is a lot of fun. You guys know uh, I love conspiracies. This is fascinating to me. Uh, Rogan should have him on. I'd love to hear him talk about it. I'm not Ooh, saying I'm clapped on. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying I'm fur or again here. I I'm just saying this is this is fascinating. Well, he had the doctor on who, yeah, who hypothesized this Malone, which began yeah. all of this contratemps. I you know what? I think mass formation hypnosis is a real thing on many different levels mm -hmm. for many different things. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I think we noted. I think we as a people <laughs> are right. easily hoodwinked. Yeah. Well, we had the whole episode of the show, remember, with the YouTube video, the mass psychosis? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a few months ago that yeah. we did that. Yeah. Huh. Was I here that day? Oh yeah, but you don't, you don't pay attention. <laughs> there might have been a good Barbara Stanwyck movie on that day that uh, Remember pulled Kenny, you away you, from the show. It was a YouTube video with uh, really neat drawings. You don't remember this, do you, at all? No. Not at all. Not at all. No. no. I, I don't okay. remember yesterday's show, so. Okay. And I enough. think I was here. <laughs> uh, would you like one of these? A futuristic flying car. Yes. That can reach heights of more than 8,000 feet and speeds over 100 miles an hour is one step closer to going on sale. 
That's because the dual-mode air car craft, which can transform from a road vehicle into a plane in under three minutes, is now officially certified to fly after passing safety tests in Slovakia. It was awarded its new status after completing more than 200 takeoffs and landings during 70 hours of rigorous flight training uh, to European Aviation Safety Agency standards. Slovakia. Slovakia. Not driving anything made in Slovakia. Meet George Jetson. Da 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 da. Aircar's developers said the tests included a full range of flight and performance maneuvers before adding the craft demonstrated an astonishing static and dynamic stability in the aircraft mode. They said Aircar's takeoff and landing procedures were achieved even without the pilot's need to touch the controls. Now that the craft has been granted its Certificate of Airworthiness by the Slovak Transport Authority, the developers say a new production model is expected to be certified in 12 months. No price details have been revealed for the futuristic vehicle, but it could be seen in the air and on the roads by next year at the latest. Uh, my question is, if you get more than one of these, isn't that a hazard? Uh, Where do you take off? <laughs> You're going down well, Snelling and you decide to fly? What? I, yeah, fold up your wings and yeah. take off? I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I like this idea. You know, we have some of the worst drivers known to man on the streets right now. Let's let's send them in the air. Yeah, let's put them in the air. Because you can't really have a road system in the air, can no. you? Uh, John, know. let's not worry about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, very, uh, very, I'm very concerned, we'll, Joe. We'll, uh, we'll return <laughs> shortly. <laughs> GLers, it's Reavers here for Everest Men's Health. How about in the new year? One of the things you can focus on is better health. Are you experiencing any of the following? Maybe a lack of energy, a decrease in strength or endurance, decrease in enjoyment of just life in general, or libido? Call my friends at Everest Men's Health. Whether it's a deterioration in your work performance or just feeling sleepiness after dinner, are you just tired of feeling exhausted? You see, when your health suffers, oftentimes other areas of your life are going to suffer as well. But with Everest Men's Health, that all can change. I'm living proof. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every area important to a man's overall health, which allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum of health. Now's the time to come to Everest and take the first steps towards realizing your best health possible. Contact them today to schedule a $50 testosterone check that includes a complete body composition screening and a consultation with one of their health medical experts. They have three fantastic clinics ready to help you out with your overall health. In Woodbury, Plymouth, and Egan. Or just go on Line right now to everestmenshealth.com and get started today. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. There's a guy in Boston who can't get a heart transplant because he's not vaccinated. I saw that story. I, I don't know where to be on that. Well, you're against it. Let me tell you right, right now. Exactly. That's exactly where you are. You're adamant that that is. Uh, That's wrong. Yeah, that's unconstitutional. That that goes against their own credo <laughs> to what what John do no harm. Unconstitutional. Yeah, that's yeah to do no harm. They are doing harm there. That I think is, it's against their credo. Yeah, I don't that, think it's unconstitutional. That's evil. Yeah, you uh, have to take a, this wacky thing called an oath. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to change next, the rules next, now to fit our narrative. Yeah, is he next in line? Is that the deal? How dare they say? Yeah, bad he's thirty-one things. years old. He's got young kids. And uh, they're saying uh, he was at the front of the line to receive a transplant, but because he has not received the COVID-19 vaccination, he is no longer eligible according to hospital policy. And wow. by the way, people are celebrating wow. this online, which is yeah. just shameful. 
Yeah. Well, how about the local hospital that wanted to pull the plug on the guy? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but that's a different case. They, he, he was an anti-vaxxer, and then all they did is bitch about the hospital treating him. So then they said, well, if you're going to pull the ventilator, we got to take him to Texas. They took him to Texas. That's where he died. But they, you know, they were trying to have it both ways. We don't believe in the vaccine, but we don't believe in your medical treatments either. That's how I read it. Oh. So there, you he, beard comber. <laughs> wait a minute. He died? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he died in Texas. Yeah. You're on a roll today, huh, Kenny? Was I Should here I... today? <laughs> I don't remember me being Playing here today. Playing the part today. of Reavers today is Kenny Olson. <laughs> We have a new program now Oh, at Theodore Worth Park. So families of color uh, can learn how to ski or snowboard without a commute or a bill approaching $100. The Lopet Foundation. Lopet. Lopet. Well, Lopet, Lopet. You Lopet. <laughs> I love it. The love Lopet it. Foundation, Minneapolis Park Board, Burton Snowbirds, Snowboards, and REI have teamed up to make it possible providing quality equipment and instruction from BIPOC coaches. That's uh, hmm. black, indigenous people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, our goal was really getting communities of color and getting them moving. Melanin in Motion founder Anthony Taylor explained, for the last five years, Taylor has been trying to fix a problem he sees in his own community, the underrepresentation of people of color in outdoor sports like skiing and snowboarding. Am I going for a stretch here, or for some reason this reminds me of back in the 1800s when uh, they decided they were going to convert uh, Native Americans into uh, Catholicism, uh, whatever you guys call it. Catholicism. Yeah, and uh, teach them the way of the Lord and the white man and uh, that you should be farmers and put on some suspenders and grab a pitchfork and uh, be one of us. Ignore your, your own deal. Well, I don't understand for the life of me what would prevent a, a, a teenager of color, for example, from making up his own mind that he wants to go skiing. Why does there have to be a special program for it? Is, is it, it a source of encouragement? Is it normally expensive to yeah, learn? Yeah, I think skiing is an expensive sport. To, to learn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, instead, maybe this should just be for people that are broke ass. I wish more black kids would play hockey in the Twin Cities. I think it's growing, but I wish I've often if said I'm, I'd be glad to participate in uh, in any effort to make that happen. If I'm not mistaken, and I, I'm willing to be corrected here, I believe that there is a program. I don't know if it's just solely based in the Twin Cities or if it's a nationwide I got, effort. I got news for you, Suits. I, I don't think anybody of any race or color uh, is interested in having a an old fart like you that can barely even walk, teach him how to play hockey. No, I was thinking more of a financial input. <laughs> oh. I wasn't I wasn't uh, volunteering to be the coach. Can you hear him talking? Who's this old SOB wobbling down the ice? Or maybe it's just that uh, people of color are smart enough to know that why in the hell do I want to go outside today? Yeah, it's but it, zero. He said when he was a kid, he used to run around the neighborhood backwards. Yeah, I did. Uh, well, the Joe, pit- Joe, you're just trying to be nice here, and Kenny. You know, I know. He's, he's going I, after I, you pretty, I, pretty you good. You know, here. I mean, I would participate in buying sticks and skates and the whole deal <laughs> because uh, uh, there are plenty of opportunities for black kids to be on college hockey teams, pro hockey teams, what have you. 
Uh, but the, it's a, an expensive sport, too. The Pittsburgh Penguins announced the creation of the Willie O'Ree Academy, designed to provide unique yeah. training, social, and mentorship opportunities for black youth hockey players. This is just in the Pittsburgh region. But right. I, I thought I saw well, something. Hey, uh, isn't Dumba doing something? Yeah, that, that's what, well, that's no, what made Dumba's me think of it. Dumba's working on, I don't know what Dumba's doing, some sort of racial justice thing. But why doesn't the NHL have a Willie O'Ree program on every NHL city? I think that would be fantastic. Well, why don't you get on it? I mean, what do you do all day with all your free time? Yeah. Jeez. Can we uh, go back to the transplant thing for just one moment? Yes. M- may we? Yes. Uh, I, I didn't know this, but I, as I read into this more, that hospital and many others have uh, apparently vaccines that are required for any transplants, mm-hmm. uh, not just the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, and if you don't meet those requirements, you don't get the transplant. All right. I, I was unaware of that, hmm. All right. but I don't know what other, you know, shots you'd have to get, uh, and also lifestyle behaviors which are required for that kind of transplant. Only. Wait a second. No, Dumba's all over this. Good. <laughs> if you want to help, you get in, get a hold of Dumba right. and help him out. Uh, he already has camps like this, and that's exactly what he's trying to do. So I drive by a couple of outdoor rinks every day. I never see black kids playing hockey. Yeah, there's uh, Herb Brooks Foundation is involved, the Hendrickson Foundation, uh, New Directions Youth Ministry. Uh, yeah, right. Such, uh, get a hold of, of uh, Matt. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans, was on this day. Today. 1867, St. Paul's Mansion House Hotel burned to the ground after a fire started in the kitchen there as a delay in getting enough hose for a steam fire engine. The circumstances strongly point to incendiarism as the cause, remarks the St. Paul pioneer, noting that a fire set in the same place nearly destroyed the hotel in the fall of 1865. So somebody was up to no good. Yeah. On this day in 1886, a six-day bicycle race began at the Washington Avenue rink in Minneapolis with some of the best-known professional male bicyclists in the country competing for the prizes of a medal sponsored by the Minneapolis Tribune and emblematic of the long-distance championship of America and an elephant and an elegant suit of clothes, (laughs) which will be presented by Oscar the Tailor, Held, held within the rink. Here comes Joe in his elephant suit. The race is also an endurance <laughs> test for each participant who pedals his high-wheel bicycle with a big front wheel and a small rear wheel around the track for the largest score of miles covered. The winner on January 30 is a dark horse, Albert Schock of Chicago, with 923 miles and five laps. Wow. Wow. On this day. January 25th. 1915. Clay School serves the first penny luncheon in Minneapolis, a financial and dietetic experiment by the Women's Club of Minneapolis and the Parents and Teachers Association. For two cents each, students purchased a meal of creamed rice with raisins and bread and cocoa, a more wholesome repast than many of the youngsters have been buying in confectionery stores in the neighborhood. If the luncheons prove successful, the Minneapolis Journal noted, the school board will be asked to authorize their establishments in a number of other public schools. So we were begging for food money, you know, more than 100 years ago for the schools. (laughs) And on this day, January 25th, 1983, 
The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit in Chicago rules that the Minnesota Ojibwe, including the Mille Lacs Band, retain the hunting, fishing, and gathering rights guaranteed by 19th century treaties with the federal government. Hooey, you want to open up a can of bitter worms. That was a, that was a tough time. <laughs> oh, boy. Time. And uh, there's still a lot of people angry about mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. That resulted in the walleye limits, for example, and things of that nature on, on Mille Lacs and... Um, um, Thank you, GL. Yeah, I'll say. Let's uh, wrap her up. Solid here. effort today, gentlemen. Solid effort today. Was hey, I here? Yes, you were. <laughs> GLers, if you could do us a favor and head on over to that Garage Logic YouTube page and hit that subscribe button, we would truly appreciate it. And you could see more of the hijinks both on the show and when we're not recording on our social media channels. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You know what? And stop being mean to me. I comb my beard. What's the big deal? There was a GLer who did the side-by-side of you and Uncle Jesse from the Dukes of Hazzard, which entertained me at least. I'm obsessed with personal grooming. Attaboy. Why don't you cut that roadkill off your face? (laughs) See what you look like. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to Mr. Money Talk Josh Arnold GLers. Now is the time to make that free 48-minute financial consultation call at 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Mr. Money Talk, and you're always going to get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. That number once again is 952-925-5608. And Josh is with us on the line once again here in GL. And Josh... A bounce back of, of the market today. A bounce back is correct, Chris. We've got a little bit of a rebound in the Dow and definitely in the NASDAQ as both indices are up. Um, the NASDAQ about one, one and a half percent as we speak, which is really big because the NASDAQ is bouncing back from correction territory. As of yesterday, the, the NASDAQ uh, was down 10% from a recent high, which was the end of, end of December, and was down uh, 9.5% year-to-date. The bounce back uh, does reduce those numbers. The S&P 500 is down about 6% uh, over that same period of time. And there are many, many prognosticators, pundits, uh, et cetera, who are looking for the S&P to follow the NASDAQ down. Now, one of the things that you all should remember is the major components, not only in the NASDAQ, but in the S&P as well, are Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, and then we can move on a little lower on the list to Tesla and NVIDIA. So we've got a big contingent, about seven seven stocks, which can, uh, just with their own movements up or down, can positively or adversely affect those indices. So just keep that that in mind. The top companies, Apple, Amazon, Google, 
Facebook, and Microsoft have yet to report their their earnings numbers. Uh, and if I look at another component of what is known as FANG plus Microsoft, that being Netflix, or we have replaced that with NVIDIA, but Netflix is the first of these companies to report their earnings, and they'll report uh, tonight. Uh, the others start reporting uh, next week, and then the then into the following week, so you get a little bit more color as to how they are doing. There has been major concern continuing about the Federal Reserve, which we've talked about, and the direction of interest rates. We'll hear more about that and get some more clarity uh, next Wednesday after the Fed, Fed meeting. I expect the Fed to continue saying they're going to quicken the pace of their um, uh, bond buying reduction or ending the quantitative easing, which is scheduled to be completed by March or early April, at which time I believe the Fed will start an interest rate move up. Again, there are several people outside of the Federal Reserve calling for the Fed to be bold instead of moving, as they have in the past, moving in one quarter of 1% increments or 25 basis points. These uh, commentators, which include uh, Jamie Diamond of J.P. Morgan, want the Fed to be aggressive and start at one-half of 1%. Well, I'll say just wait, wait, hear what the Fed has to say, and then then make your decisions. I do remain um, remain uh, with the belief of keeping a, I'm not going to say larger than cash position as I normally would, which is up to 30% in cash, the balance invested in, in high-quality <laughs> stocks. Uh, having that cash will give you the opportunity to buy high-quality companies that have come down significantly in value. We are in what I'll call an oversold territory in the market, which is a, which is a positive. Some more We'll say we'll give you some more positives uh, that could influence or steer you to investing in the FANG stocks or the mega stocks, Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon. These companies, um, based on a price-to-earnings multiple, are less expensive than the uh, customary value names like a Clorox, like a Procter & Gamble, though Procter & Gamble reported better than expected earnings, like a McCormick Spice, and as just, just a few names, or even old favorites, uh, Pepsi-Cola and Coca-Cola. So they have much higher price-to-earnings multiples than um, Google, Facebook, Apple, well, Amazon's always had a 
astronomical price to earnings multiple. So I'd sooner be, we'll say, in the FANG names, and I do believe they are a little bit more defensive than what would be traditionally seen as defensive. Here's just a little tidbit, um, because I know there are many people who love eating at McDonald's, but may not like the calorie count of, um, you know, of the burgers. Well, you'll have to go maybe to Dallas-Fort Worth area, but McDonald's is extending their test of Beyond Meats McPlant Burger in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And Pepsi-Cola's is uh, releasing a beef jerky product that's made with Beyond Meats, uh, Beyond Meats product. Beyond Meat also has some deals with Kentucky Fried Chicken for uh, plant-based chicken-tasting products. So that has helped Beyond Meat on a bounce back after falling significantly in 2021. Earnings are going to be coming uh, fast and furious next week as more Dow components report. Uh, The banks have been very, very disappointing. And sometime soon, my favorite casinos will also report. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. GLers, you heard him. Now's the time to pick up the phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. You got a deal. Thanks. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.